I'm Michael Holly, and you're listening to the Celtics Pride podcast on Celtics Blog. Welcome to the Celtics Pride podcast on the Celtics blog podcast feed. We are celebrating episode 100 of the Celtics Pride podcast with an instant reaction to the Celtics game four win against the Miami Heat. With me on this episode is nobody. Mike Minkoff is on vacation in Paris, France, and Adam had a conflict uh, that disallowed him from even watching game four. So it's just me, Josh Motenko, your solo host on this solo pod. I will recount how the Celtics looked in Game 4 and attempt to give some big-picture perspective on the series with the Miami Heat as a whole, as the Celtics are now 2-2 heading into Miami for Game 5. The Celtics cruised to a 102-82 20-point win uh, that really felt more like a 30- or 40-point win. The game was basically over at halftime. Uh, and we were all biting our nails as Ime Udoka left a lot of our starters in for the majority of the third quarter to make sure that we solidified the win. How did this happen? Well, it didn't hurt that the Heat started the game 0 for 14 from the field. Uh, the Celtics definitely came out with some defensive intensity, um, but the Heat just also missed a bunch of bunnies in the first quarter. So I think the, uh, the Celtics did an excellent job of jumping to contest shots at the rim, like jumping into a wall up. A lot of players will just put their hands straight up and wall up. But if you jump from the restricted area or outside the restricted area, it really puts a lot of pressure on the refs um, because it's not a foul. And so if there's any kind of contact, uh, as there was in this game, the Heat you know, ended up missing some shots and the Celtics were able to box out, clean up the glass and, and end the possession with one shot only from the Heat. Um, and, and they were kind of off to the races in this game. Derek White responded to some of his own comments previously of playing too passive, needing to be more aggressive. Obviously, he was gone for the birth of his first child, Hendricks White, a boy. And when he came back, he was a little bit out of sorts. This is his second game back. And he really came through. Um, Without Marcus Smart in the lineup, he scored the first seven points for the Celtics. Um, In the first half, he totaled 11 points to get us going. And if you're still wondering, well, this guy can't shoot threes, he did have a poor shooting game, let me give you some stats that give you his value to the Celtics and really why that trade to get Derek White was so valuable. In the first half, he had four different foul calls that he sold on the Heat, including taking two charges. He had three steals. He had three rebounds, two assists. He was simply all over the court in the first half. Um, He was doing his best Marcus Smart impression. So if you need any more evidence of why Derek White is valuable to our team, just rewind the podcast here the last 15 seconds, hear those stats again. And I'm not sure if we can call this the Derek White game, um, but I think he was really key to getting us going, getting us rolling. Um, You know, in the second quarter, the Miami Heat came out in their 2-2-1 man press back to their 1-3-1 zone. 
the Celtics were able to get the ball into the middle of the zone to Horford and Tatum and really broke that thing apart. Uh, like I said a couple pods ago to preview this uh, this series, the Celtics are not susceptible to the same kind of junk zones that they were the last year, two years, maybe four out of the last five years. Um, this team really does well against the zone. They have the shooting, they have the IQ and the ball movement to to really break those zones down. Um, and if worse comes to worse, we just give it to Jalen Brown. He drives into the middle of the zone, into everybody, and, and hopefully can kick it back out without turning the ball over. And speaking of that man, Jalen Brown, how did he respond uh, to follow up his 40.7 turnover debacle of a game uh, in Game 3? Well, in this game, he had... 12 points on 5 of 20 shooting, 1 for 6 from 3, ouch, Uh, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. Bad game, you say? I disagree. One turnover on the game. There you go, Jalen. 30 minutes, one turnover. That's what we're looking for. Honestly, I could care less about the rest of the statistics that he had or did not put up. Um, That's the one I care about, one turnover. And that's the kind of play that allows us to really get out in front of a Heat team that, at least this game, looked pretty outmatched. Um, but that's kind of been the way it's it's looked this series and last series, where it's been win one, lose one, win one, lose one. You know, game one, the Miami Heat destroy us. We respond in game two. Game three, not so much. Game four, we bounce back. Um, there's been a lot of games... In the last two series that we've had the ability to complain about the referees. Not the case in this game. Boston shot 26 free throws in the first half, helping them to a 24-point lead. That includes 14 free throws alone for Jason Tatum, for all of you fans who wanted to be getting to the line more often. 16 total for the game. But after a game three where Bam Adebayo responded to a lot of the criticism that he wasn't doing enough offensively, he really turned it on. And we had game three, the Bam Adebayo game, uh, the same game that Kyle Lowry returned to the lineup and really got the ball moving around the court for the Heat. Um, and so it's just been your turn, my turn. You win one, we'll take this one. And uh, that's that's been the way it's been the last two series. But the Celtics have played really well when our backs are up against the wall. Um, the They are 5-0 and uh, in response to a loss. So the next game, we are 5-0 and after a loss throughout the playoffs this year. We showed that resolve in Game 6 and Game 7 versus Milwaukee when our backs were up against the wall. And that trend continued today, much to the delight of Celtics fans everywhere. And I will add, Jason Tatum usually plays better after poor games. He had 10 points last game. Uh, I believe he had another 10-point game in the Milwaukee series, uh, Game 3. and Game 4, he came back with a huge game. Tonight, he responded. 31 points in 33 minutes. Only 1 for 7 from 3, but 50% from the field. 16 free throws, hitting 14 of them. 8 rebounds, 5 assists, plus 37 for the game, leading the team. Uh, two blocks, three turnovers. I mean, he just played an all-round fantastic MVP-type performance, um, which is something that we can now, I think, start to get accustomed to as a response from Jason Tatum after games where he's been disappointing. Um, even with you know that shoulder injury that he sustained last game that looked like it was still bothering him in the beginning of this game, he really did show up. 
And Boston is celebrating once again on a Monday night after a huge win. Um, all the expectations are extremely high now for the Celtics. Uh, it's been easy after wins to think that we're going to go all the way, play what's looking like the Warriors now in the finals, and you know have a chance to win the whole thing, get some rings for everybody. But it's pretty easy, uh, if you remember back to game one, when Miami jumped all over us, just like we jumped on Miami today, and were extremely physical defensively, uh, moving as a unit on that end of the court, moving the ball around, just showing all-around toughness. It's it's just easy to remember after each loss how depressed we have all been as Celtics fans, thinking, well, maybe maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe Jalen Brown just can't dribble the ball anymore. Uh, there's been a lot to dislike after these games, a lot of reasons to be down, a lot of reasons to be upset. And after the wins, there's been a lot of reasons to be overly optimistic. And just it's... Hilarious to me how the Milwaukee series and the Miami series have been mirror images of each other where we lose the first game. We have to fight back because our backs against the wall and then we win and then we're overly excited and we get a little complacent as a team and we let the other team come back and win the next game. And it's just been such a roller coaster. It's kind of the perfect analogy or reminder for Celtics fans to uh, not get too high on the wins, not get too low on the losses, and just try to stay even keeled. Obviously, I know that's hard, um, but what better way to to exemplify that than to have back-to-back series that are trying to teach us this lesson as fans? Because I guarantee you this Miami Heat team has more heart than what they showed in this game tonight. I guarantee you that when we go back to Miami, even though I'm consistently shocked by how many empty seats are in Miami's stadium and how little support they have, um, how little, uh, I guess, of a home court advantage they have in their arena, this team itself, the organization, the Heat organization, Heat culture, right, which, which we hear so much about, they're not going to just lay over. They're not just going to die after this one win by the Celtics. This is a, uh, you know, it. You only have to look at some of the shots of the Miami Heat bench when watching on, on TV to see the toughness that they have. I mean, there's shots of Kyle Lowry surrounded by P.J. Tucker, Jimmy Butler, Udonis Haslam right next to him, Karan Butler on the other side, Tough Juice as a coach. I mean, even their coaching staff has a guy named Tough Juice, former NBA player. They just have toughness all around. Their front office has Alonzo Mourning, one of the toughest players to ever play the game. I mean, I don't know another organization in the NBA that has toughness, not just on the court, but on the bench and on the coaching staff and in the front office. It's pretty insane. And even if you're not a conspiracy theorist who thinks that the NBA wants all of these series to go six or seven games, and you know maybe that's why you know, there's a little bit of a foul discrepancy uh, this game. Oh yeah, last game too in, in favor of the Celtics. Um, even if you're not that, you know, you, th- these two teams are two tough groups and it just so happened that the Celtics were the tougher one tonight. Now, after highlighting Jason Tatum's game, his bounce back, Jalen Brown's one turnover and Derek White's performance, uh, I think it's important to highlight a couple other individuals. Al Horford, just a model of consistency, um, really held things together for us with his 13 rebounds and and steady defense. 
Um, Time Lord, Rob Williams, it was really good to have him back in the lineup. Just his presence. You know, his stats don't jump off the page or anything. But his presence on defense as a shot blocker and and shot deflector is something that gets in the heads of the other team. Um, and so without Marcus Smart on the court, to have Derek White and Rob uh, Williams and, and Al Horford out there still defending their butts off, along with Grant Williams, along with Tatum. I mean, Tatum was picking people up 90 feet, 80 feet during this game. He was hustling like crazy on the defensive end of the floor. So, you know, when the defensive player of the year is out, it's really important to have a guy like Rob Williams come in and give us some big minutes, especially early on. Um, on the other side of the ball, it it helped. Yeah, it helped that Jimmy Butler had a six-point game, three for 14. You know, is he going to have a potential bounce-back game next game? Is he is he going to kind of be burning it up a little bit, like thinking about this game and how badly he played? Uh, Bam Adebayo, only nine points after his big offensive explosion last game. Max Struess, 0 for 7. Kyle Lowry, 0, 0 for 6. You know, it, this isn't a normal game for these Heat. Like, in the beginning of the game, first couple minutes, it wasn't just the Celtics' defense. It was like the rim looked closed for the Miami Heat. They just weren't making anything. So this happens. It's an off night for one team, and our Celtics just jumped all over it. So, this series is not over yet. It is 2-2, heading into Miami for Game 5 on Wednesday, uh, then back to Boston for Game 7 on Friday, before closing it out in Miami. Game 7 is in Miami. Uh, Do they have a home court advantage there? Every time I watch a game, it looks like there's too many seats that are empty. So, I don't know if they have the same kind of home court advantage that the Celtics had in the previous round uh, in their Game 7 at home. Um, so maybe that's an easier win for the Celtics if it does go seven. Uh, but I'm I'm guessing it will. I'm guessing this will go seven games, and this is not over yet. Uh, so definitely stay tuned. And if nothing else, just celebrate this win. I mean, I sure am going to celebrate 100 episodes here of the Celtics Pride Podcast. I'm excited about that, that we've made it this far. Uh, I guess it took 100 episodes for my brother Adam and Mike Minkoff to trust me to do a solo pod. <laughs> but I'm finally here. Uh, and if anything... Just just appreciate the win. Don't find something to be negative about tonight. Just be happy with this win. We're on Apple, Spotify, all the platforms. So go there, give us a rating, review, subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at Celtics Pride Pod or individually at Coach Motenko or at Mike Minkoff or send us an old-fashioned email at CelticsPridePodcast at gmail.com. If you're still listening, consider yourself a part of Celtics Pride.